Hello and welcome to the Irish Arsenal Gunner podcast. It's Tuesday, December 7th. I'm your host, Giles, as always. I'm joined by my regular guests and Arsenal season ticket holders, John Mina and Eamon Donnelly. How are you, lads? Eamon and Johnny. Ah, Eamon Jonathan. <laughs> Take two, and we're back on air. Uh, we'll also be joined by, uh, hopefully, Dale Timmons as well. Um, we're just waiting for him to join as well, so we hope to have him aboard. Uh, on tonight's show, We'll be reviewing our recent fixtures uh, against Manchester United and last night's fixture against Everton. We'll also be previewing Saturday's fixture at home to Southampton on Saturday. And also anything Arsenal as well. Uh, all the usual talk and banter that we normally have. So I hope you enjoy the next 30 odd minutes or so. Um, you can catch our show on SoundCloud and on Spotify. Just type in Irish Arsenal Gunner Podcast and you'll catch all our episodes there. Um, and just before we kick on, uh, the FA Cup third round draw was uh, made last night and we'll be playing Nottingham Forest away uh, and that'll be over the weekend at January 7th to 10th. Uh, and we'll mention the confirmed date, hopefully over the next uh, episode or two. Uh, how's it going, Dale? We'll be talking to Dale a bit later on. Uh, right, okay, so we'll kick on. Um, uh, we begin with last Thursday's 3 2 defeat uh, away to Manchester United at Old Trafford. Um, goals by Smith Rowe and Odegaard by ourselves, uh, and goals by Fernandez and two by Cristiano Ronaldo. Um, Sailed the victory for them. Um, I go to John. And what was your take on last Thursday's match, John? Oh God. Um. Well, he chose to play with the team. Uh, with the starting eleven. Um. The only reason I can think he picked a Lenny, and I don't want to slam a Lenny because it was a typical Lenny game. Was because he had a blind out there last season. Now I think he had a, a typical Lenny game. He's very safe, but he's passing. He's that kind of player. But um, I, I thought it was very strange. We wanted to rest Sandy. Why didn't he play Maitland-Niles? I thought that was um, a little bit odd to begin with. Um, but in saying that, I thought we had we started the game terrifically. We pushed United back. We were dominant the first 15, 20 minutes. And we got a really, really strange goal. Um, <laughs> incredibly weird. I think the, the, the referee was... Unless the VAR was there, he would have been slammed if it said that that was disallowed. But for whatever reason, we, we, we stopped playing after that. And United, totally wrongly, but they felt aggrieved by it because they obviously thought it was one of our players that followed the goalkeeper. But we, we stopped playing for about 15, 20 minutes. And even in that 15, 20 minutes, we had chances to get a second goal. Tommy Asu should have had a penalty. Yeah, yeah, I don't know what the hell's going on with the Widows these days. That was a shocking decision. And Martinelli had a, a great opportunity. He scuffed his shot, but he could have squared it. He could have squared it and Smith Rowe would have had an open goal. That would have put us two up. But we struggled to put three passes together and then we struck a half time, you know, equalised. Um, the second half, again, I think we really struggled with our pass. But we were you know that was so bad. We were still creating chances, and um, we just couldn't find the point of pass, or the shooting was off. Um, a breakaway goal, um, which 
I take care of centre halves last night and against United. They they steamed off. I mean, I, I, for the last few weeks, I thought we really, really had a good. The foundations were really good centre half partnership. Those last two games have maybe reconsider. Maybe it's teething problems. Maybe it's just young players making mistakes. But um, it, it seems to be. I don't want to make it too much of an issue. It's two games, but they're two games which I, I really think we threw away. One, because of... It's easy to blame bad refereeing, but we just didn't have bad passing. It's it, a really frustrating game, the United game. And the Everton game, which we'll come to later, we just never showed up. Again, the team formation was different. It's um, It was the worst United team we've had in donkey's years. And it, and it almost looked like we were set up to play. Like the players maybe were set up to play, and the management went into it thinking we were playing Man United 15 years ago. But it's a game we should have won. And it was really, really frustrating. Really frustrating. Odegaard got a terrific goal to get us, get us level. And then a, a mad rush of blood to the head gave away a penalty. Uh, a, a really frustrating game. What did you guys what do you guys think? Um I, th- I think taking the lead so early on, I, I, I don't know, I thought we were done to sip I don't know whether the tactics was get in a, get in at half time definitely a one nil and then see what the plan was for the second half. But the equaliser at the end of the fourth half completely knocked us and in fairness United came out, we'd expected that. Um Kerry grabbed him up, or maybe it was Rangnick in the end, but I thought we deserved a two-all draw. I think at the end of the day, would have taken the draw. Amy, what was your take on it? Well, <clears throat> if you look at that, we've had a brace of games, one after the other, and in my mind, there were two totally different experiences. I'm not so down on the team over the Man United game, because I actually thought, I didn't think we deserved it. I probably deserved to win the game. We create more chances. We cut them open more than they cut us open. And it's definitely one where I'd say the naivety of a young team costs us, right? Um, because we seem to be almost guilty for scoring the goal. Uh, and we retreated backwards and allowed them to feed off on their sense of grievance, uh, which they'd no reason to feel. I mean, if, if I was David De Gea's manager, by the way, I'd have dropped them after that because... For a goalkeeper to sit down in the goal because he's been stood on, I mean, you wait till the ball is gone before you do that, unless a head, unless it's a head injury or a broken leg, you know. And there was absolutely no wrong with him. So for him to do that, and I thought that, I, I thought that upset our rhythm a little bit because we were dominating the game before that goal. Um, and I just think that whole incident kind of, it, it, it just broke up the flow of the game. Secondly, um, we didn't get any luck in that game because. How Tommy Yasu was not given a penalty for being hauled back by Harry Maguire, how VAR can not see that as a penalty is, is just, I'm sick of VAR, right? I'm just sick of it. And if we'd have gone two, in, in two, one and a half time, I think we'd have had enough to be able to deal with them, right? The third thing is, John referenced it, Martinelli, if he squares this mid row and he puts his two up, they're not going to come back from that because they would have been totally dispirited. Now, I just don't think things went for us on the night. Um, I'll get on to El Nani now in a second. I, again, I, he's an honest player, but I'm sick of him. And I've said this on the show before, I'm sick of him. Because he's not at the level we need. And I I was watching 
you know, masochist and all as I am, I was watching some of the game back and I'm looking at his passing, particularly his passing out to the left-hand side of the pitch, right? And his passing always goes in an arc. And the arc that it brings it, it's always that the, the, the oncoming, it's usually Nuno Tavares out that side. He always has to check and stride to get it a pass. And you, that might seem like a small thing, but that's the difference between Tavares' continuous run and skinning the fullback and having to come back inside again and we start all over again. You know, there's that art on the ball. And I'm thinking, hell, like, Sambi Lakonga was my man of the match against Newcastle, and I was at that game, and he hasn't started since. Bizarre. Yeah. So I think Arteta was fooled into thinking, well, he did great up there last year. We'd put him back in again. That's no basis for yeah. making decisions, you know. Party was muck. Um, absolutely atrocious. Um, but again... You know, Jonathan, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be as down on the team uh, over that. The one thing I will say is we created 16 chances. 16 chances in Old Trafford. And I think we we, we deserved, I, I think we deserved three points from the game. I, th- I think we were quite incisive uh, in breaking the press the, uh, quite a bit. Apart from that half hour where we went missing that cost us, you know. So that was my take on it. I was disgusted. Yeah. It was actually probably one of our brightest performances at Old Trafford in fairness, but um, it, it, when you have Ronaldo on your team, you're, you're always bound to get something well, over, I suppose. Yeah, but when, 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 when you don't get tight enough to a fella like Fred, who to my mind is a Sabutio player, and you make him look like Messi, you know, then you've got a problem. Like El Nenny, El Nenny's too bloody passive. You know, he's in the yeah. box, he's there. And he's there's no creativity him. about him at all, is he? He yeah, does the running, there's no aggression in him. There's no aggression in him, you know? He's very uh, headless, yeah. Um, Dave, what was your take? Yeah, just to add to what's already been said, I think, you know, people can say what they want about Fred or McTominay. They outran our midfield. You know, no, there's no question about that. And it, it's frustrating. What an opportunity it was to go there. To actually get, you know, as, as John's quite rightly pointed out, this team here is as worse as the one performing as what David Moyes had. And that's going back, what, eight years now, seven, eight years. And there was definitely a, a naivety there where when we did take the lead in Bazaar, I think although the decision went our way, it set us back in ways, I think, in which consciously and subconsciously in that we never thought we'd have to deal with. So I think that was a factor in you know that was to take into consideration but it's it's so disappointing really you know as Eamon said we created chances left right and centre we were cutting them open there's there's no two ways about it but just lacking that that clinical edge there's definitely something going on with Abamyang there whether or not it's a rift where Arteta I'm sure we'll get into that later when we talk about the Everton game but again on the whole what an opportunity I mean we definitely deserved at least a point but those are the fine margins especially in top games like that individual brilliance wins it for you and you don't leave the great, arguably the greatest striker that anyone's ever going to witness grace in a football pitch, that amount of space in the box to tap in an equaliser. So it's just, you know, overall it's just disappointment and frustration. It's a mixture of emotions, really. Just yeah, on that, like for Thomas Party, Thomas Party didn't try a leg to get back on, uh, on yeah. a tweet Ronaldo. Even yeah. though he could see, he could see him. It's so, you know, this is, I'm running out of patience with this party. You know, he's been here now, what, a season. I know it's a season and a bit now. He can't pass water. He's, he's lost more duels against Everton than any player. He's looking, I would say he's looking like a championship defensive midfielder, but that would be a disservice to, you know, defensive midfielders in the championship. 
But this is the frustrating bit, isn't it? I mean, yeah. we won great against United, we, but we still created 16 chances. You yeah. didn't have to play to create 16 chances against Man United. They're rubbish. And we still found a way to lose. It's yeah, really upset. It's this. I think if we had an out and out striker as well, it would have helped. We're lacking a 20 goal a season striker because yeah. Aubameyang and, like I said, are certainly not them anymore. Yeah, we're definitely lacking. We are definitely at the lacking. Same time, though, at the same time, it's the system. I don't think that system is conducive to getting the best out of Aubameyang and Lacazette. You know, we all know they're better off up front together. Because Aubameyang is like a ghost up front when he's on his own. Unless he scores, it's like playing with 10 men. And the he gives up to the team at all now, yeah. That would have been a different game. Yeah. Um, t- uh, John, um, who was your standout player for Arsenal of the match th- of tonight uh, for yourself? I thought Martinelli had a cracking game. I, I thought he ran them right. I thought he had a, a fantastic game on the on the on the wing. Um, yeah, I, I thought Tavares um, and let me ask you what what good at fullback. Um, I just, I just thought the midfield, and as you said, Aubameyang just wasn't wasn't involved in the game at all. Yeah. And that's not just back. I hold a guard, I think. I mean, he, he took his goal well. Yeah. Uh, he, he looked to be involved. He didn't hide. Um, I think his passing wasn't quite great, but I'd always give a player the, the benefit of the doubt because he didn't hide. He always went looking for the ball. I thought Martin Ellie would be man at the match that night. But, yeah, it was very frustrating. Yeah, it was his header that led to De Gea tipping over the bar for the goal and uh, Smith Rose down yeah, from the corner. Yeah, he done really well. And last night, he, gives, he does give a lot of. Um, Dedication in every performance. Uh, Eamon, who was your standout player for Arsenal on the night? Martinelli, no question. Yeah. And again, it it, 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 it was a Ken Barlow performance, you know? So frustrating, Deirdre. (laughs) 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 To go to Old Trafford and score two goals and still come away with nothing, you know, not many teams will do it, away teams will do that. So that's that's the annoying part, yeah. Dale, who was your standout player tonight? Yeah, without a doubt, it's a clean sweep for me. Uh, Martinelli, he just epitomises what we want to see from every Arsenal player. And he's got to start in future. You know, there was talk of, and Arteta said it himself, about more or less, you know, just introducing him as bit parts, restraining him just so that he didn't pick up any injuries and he can reintegrate him in. Now we need to see Martinelli play as much games as possible. It's, you know, it's a no-brainer. Let, let the yeah. shackles off and let this guy... For me, he's got a higher ceiling than Saka and, and Smith Rowe. You know, this yeah. guy has got the capabilities and the capacity to to go on and do what Sanchez did, if not more. Yeah. It, the tenacity yeah. is just, there's no, no, it's it's there for everyone to see, really. Yeah, Eamon was at the match uh, on the Saturday we played Newcastle and he was he was right in the eye line of when he scored a goal against him. He said, it's, he said his movement was quite good as well. Yeah, he's yeah, he alert. He's alert in the box, isn't he? Yeah, it's it's one of them where you can tell he's got it in him, and you can't you can't coach that. You know, that's from the yes. streets in Brazil. That is, yeah, and, exactly. and he has energy there that others don't have. You know, he has a lot of energy. Yeah, he, he reminds me a little bit of Luis Suarez. Um, in in the that's he, he, he yeah. around, You know, he's an old street type footballer, isn't he? Yeah, he's old school. And, he, I don't know why we don't tap into that Brazilian market more, though. Yeah. Exactly. I, I, I think we're going to. Yeah, okay. I, 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 from what I'm hearing, um, that's a, I think there's going to be a bit more of that, you know. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I probably, I only caught the highlights really of the match because I've been doing night shifts, so I didn't see much of the United game. Um, um, so I, I, I was hard to say who was man of the match for myself. Now I'd probably just give it to Martinelli to do a clean sweep. Um, so we move on to last night's um, two-one defeat away to Everton. Um, that that was our third away defeat since the international break. Uh, of course, we got hammered four 0 by uh, Liverpool Anfield. We all we all agreed that we weren't going to get anything out of that game. So. To lose to Everton was a bit disappointing considering they hadn't won in eight games, but they were really revved up. The owner was there as well the first time in months, I believe. Um, I, the, the promising thing was the return of Karen Tierney. I thought he was he was very good and he burnt out kind of in the second half, but his delivery of the ball in the first half it was um, really top-notch. So I'm glad to see him back. It's going to take him a few games to get him back to full fitness, but it's great to see him back. Um <clears throat> Uh, Odegaard's goal was quite nice as well to give us a 1-0 lead but the worrying thing is surrendering another 1-0 lead and to lose the game and in fairness everything could have probably won that 3 or 4 one day two goals this allowed from Richardson so we probably didn't deserve to get anything out of the game but um, I, I can really take nothing out of that game last night lads uh, i go to Eamon what, what did you take out of that game? Well okay well I don't want you to misquote me as you have in the past Jonathan I am absolutely not in the Arteta out camp. I think that man is driven to succeed. I think he's going to succeed somewhere, and I hope it's with us. So let's let's clear that up. But he is a young <laughs> manager, and he needs to learn, because last night was on him. The defeat last night was on him, right? The defeat at Manchester United, I thought, was on naive players. Last night's defeat was on him, Right. So let's go, let, let's dissect it slightly, bit by bit. So this was an Everton team on its knees, right? And the only two times that I've seen Arsenal really going, at an, going after an opponent this season, really going after them, was Tottenham when we went in 3-0 up at halftime because we pressed them and wouldn't let them out, right? And Aston Villa, where we're terrific in the first half, right? And... Last night was the time to really go at Everton on the front foot early because they were, they, they, their confidence was on the floor, right? But what we did instead was we were totally passive, absolutely passive. When you see Lacazette at right back in his own box when he's playing as a striker, you know you have a problem. So we conceded territory to them. And Arteta can say all he knows about oh, we didn't use our advantages in certain areas and we did this. No, we were too passive. I'm going to start with Ben Godfrey. So Ben Godfrey kicked Bukayo Saka four times. Did it occur to any of our players that maybe I'm going to kick Ben Godfrey and do it in a calculated way the way the top teams do it? And I'm not advocating... Well, I am advocating foul play because if they're going to whack you, you've got to whack them back. Godfrey got away with murder. Um... Uh, he should have been sent off for a ruthless stamp uh, on Tommy Sue. Um, but, but I think that would have masked, I think, I, in, in, in ways, I think that would have masked the problem that we had. We were too passive, right? Party was hopeless, absolutely hopeless. Um, the in game management was shocking. Um, I'm not so bad, I'm not as down as other people on bringing Enketia on because 
On another day, Enkedia would have put that header away. He got into a great, got himself into a great position um, in the box and he hit the post. Um, and also, he was brilliant to get Aubameyang set up for um, uh, for, for the, the chance that Aubameyang scuffed. All right? So I'm not, but why he took care on Tierney? I don't think he was born out. Why he took care on Tierney off and put in a kid who looks to me as a great option when you're playing inferior teams at home, like Newcastle, that sit in a block, Tavares enjoys you up the wing and all that. But he's not the man for an away pressure cooker like that at this stage of his career. Why he took Tierney off, it was a waste of a sub. Really was a waste of a sub. Um, again, I think that, you know, uh, Odegaard had a great chance to shoot on his right foot to put his 2-1 up and he tried to get it onto his left. And Ketia hit the post, Aubameyang missed one. Um, but it, 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 it took until they equalised before we decided we were in a game here, you know. And I just think that that's on the manager. Uh, his teams are too passive. And they don't, I don't, I don't know whether we're, we're not a pressing team and we're not a low block team. I don't know what we are, you know. <laughs> the worrying thing is three way defeats in a row as well. Know, been, I think that Gabriel has been really poor since the international break, folks. I really yeah. think he has. I don't buy your, your assertion, Jonathan, that everything could have won. Like the goals were off. See, the goals I were don't know. Off. They were marginal to be honest. The no, no, one no. in the second half was. Something is marginally offside. You're either right not something or not. We're just not good enough away from home, lads. The last three games have been atrocious. Liverpool, diabolical. Well, United. No, 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 once again, I have to do this on your show. I'm going to have to pull you up on a double standard because <laughs> only, eight, only eight minutes ago when I'm looking at the watch, you actually said the Man United game wasn't that bad. Uh, it was quite, <laughs> and that was a trumpet. What kind of show is this? But look, last night was definitely atrocious. I think we can all agree. On. <laughs> yeah. That's the first time Eamon has ever agreed me in the last three months. <laughs> Absolutely atrocious. Uh, last night was, last, but the point I'm making, Jonathan, I'm a great supporter of Ateta. I hope he does it with us. Um, but he really needs to sort out that side of it. You know, he can't send teams out that passively. Yeah. yeah, you know what it reminds me of. And I'll finish on this because I know the other the other lads need to speak. You know the way they, in training they have the dummies, yeah, and the passing around them the whole time. Yeah, it's almost like as if we're playing against dummies that we just keep going around and ping pong, ping pong, ping pong, ping. And actually, we're, we're nearly shocked when one of the dummies decides to grow a leg and kick us or get in our way. We didn't win any bloody duels last night, apart from Granitzaka in the first twenty minutes, who won three duels. We won nothing. We won nothing. They came out with the ball every time there was a scrap. That's worrying. Uh, just before I move on to John as well, I find over the last, especially the last Liverpool and United and last night game, playing out from the back, we look very nervous. You know, anytime there's a high press on the likes of White and Gabriel, the pass is starting to go astray a lot. And Ramsdale holds onto the ball far too long as well. Um, I've noticed as well. You know, it's putting a bit of a nervousness in in the, in the back. Uh, John, what was your take on it? Well, I'll take that point there. Playing out of the back, we've been playing out out of the back quite well. When you had Sandy Lukonga there to get the ball to, yeah. yeah. You know, let's be honest about it. I think Eamon nailed it on the head. We had 68% possession last night. We did absolutely nothing with it. Everton had all the desire and all the you know. He came in with the right attitude. He gave out about God. He should have been sent off. He should have been sent off twice. They wanted it. They wanted the game. They wanted the ball. They wanted to win it. A hell of a lot more than we did. Because we did nothing with the ball when we had it. 
I thought um, Lacazette and Odegaard were filling up the same space. Lacazette was coming back deep and taking up the space. Yeah. Odegaard just been filling up. And Martinelli and Saka were, were hugging the touchlines for most of the game. So they weren't getting close to Lacazette. I think when Lacazette's at his best, he has players running off him. And he's got the ball maybe 20 yards outside the box and he's, he's playing the layoffs. That never happened because I think him and Odegaard were just filling the same space. Aim is dead right on the substitution as well. I know what Tierney hasn't played for in a while, but he looked fresh as a daisy. He could have ran for 120 minutes. I thought Lacazette and Shaka were looking a bit leggy at that stage. And Shaka always had the yellow card, and that's the reason why he couldn't make that tackle that led to the, the winner. He had to pull out, otherwise, he would have got a red card. So I think the substitutions were the wrong players came off. I mean, I'm no problem with the players that come off, just the wrong players came off. Um, it was purely down to attitude. We said this. We said this at the start of the season. You've got to match the opposition's attitude and their drive and desire. But they have no idea what the hell was going on last Um, yeah, really about the passing out of the back. But I thought Party, who was abysmal, and Shaka, who was only back. I mean, as you said, I thought he played okay. You thought it was a typical Shaka performance. But uh, the pass down the back was shocking. And you're right about Gabriel as well. Maybe that's my, my point earlier on about the two centre-halves. Something's going on there because before the international break, I thought, hell, we've got it. We've got it. We've got a centre-half yeah. parent. And Big time, it yeah. Just yeah. It just hasn't been there since, since he came back. Um, yeah, Arteta needs to have a look at himself and say, what kind of team is this? I thought, he, I thought we knew what kind of team he had. Yeah. I really thought we had... Uh, a foundations of a story there, and then it's almost like we've gone back 12 months. We've regressed 12 months. Last night was, we've seen it too often. Not in fairness, not just with our data, we've seen it with Emery as well, and we've seen it with Vanguard. This is this is old seeing, seeing Arsenal coming out like this. With rule number one, you've got to match the opposite. It was actually you know, looking at Emery's Arsenal, John, now that you mention it. Last night. It was actually yeah. watching Emery's Arsenal. Yeah, it was. It wasn't it towards the yeah. yeah. We, we everyone crucified Emery for that sort of performance. Well, when he, yeah. we, we've seen that game so often. Emery. Yeah, you know, lots of possession, not doing that with it, and not watching the opposition's desire and strength and aggression. Yeah, um, because we can you can applaud VAR for getting two offsides decisions, right? But then you ask, where the hell was God God be kept on the pitch? That was a disgrace for tackling. He made he made a few other dodgy ones as well. That lad, yeah, he's, he's very reckless. He's very reckless. It's a really poor performance. A really really poor performance. And Arteta needs to have a long hard look at yeah. it. Not just himself, but his players. I think and, since um, that four 0 away defeat as well, John, that no, that, uh, that defeat has shaken Ben White no, and Gabriel in particular. Extremely well at home to Newcastle. I totally disagree. But that's a different. That there's three teams that are different. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Just, there's three I don't, teams I don't, that are different level to everybody else in this Premier League. Yeah. That fourth spot was up for grabs. Yeah. Two maybe. weeks ago, we were in the hunt for that. Yeah, maybe. Now you're looking at it. West Ham, West Ham look like they want them more than anybody else. They look like the team ready. They're hungrier, yeah. Yeah. Everyone else is all over the shop. I thought, okay, I, I genuinely thought, okay, dark horses for fourth spot, maybe, but it's all fifth or sixth. Now we've got a battle, a real battle on the hand to get back up to this, and he, he needs to regroup and revitalize the squad. This is this is a test of him now. This is the real test. Oh, the John, he's, he's he's two home games now, and 
He yeah. needs to deliver four or six points out of those two home games or he's he under big pressure. I think he needs to six. I yeah. really do. Yeah. Six. Um, yeah. He needs to, he needs to, you know, let's circle the wagons and get this, get, get, get this train back on the tracks. He really does. <laughs> yeah, it's a big, yeah. it's a big two home games back to back and in the space of five days as well. So, and um, he needs to have the balls at this stage. Obama Yang hasn't been involved. Drop him. He needs. And even in his own words, has struggled in England. Drop him. Martinelli. Chomping at the bit, give him a go. I don't think he's, I don't, I really don't know whether he's ready to leave the line for centre forward. Guess what? This is his time to shine. But, but John, we've now leading the line. Like, Lacazette yeah. has decided he's not a number nine anymore. And as he's getting older, he's he's, he's dropping deeper. So he's yeah, not he's leading the line. Yeah. He's playing like yeah. a terrible footballer, he's just a terrible player. But a good goal scorer, and if he's not doing that, well, then he's doing nothing, as Dale said earlier. Yeah, you know? Exactly, yeah, hundred percent. So he needs to have, he needs to throw, throw some balls and make the big decision. And I think the decision is let's stick with the young players because the young players are the ones producing. And if he wants to drop the midfield, Sambi and Maitland Oils, they played well together this season. Let's see them again. I couldn't believe Maitland Oils wasn't even on the bench last. Night. What was your take, Dale, on the match last night? Yeah, what yeah, what just, was your? Yeah, just to echo what's already been said, I mean, it's it's baffling. When you look back to Arteta's first few press conferences and we heard the word non-negotiable, if it's non-negotiable, then why is Granite Jacket just walked back in the team? As John's just said there, Maitland-Niles, man of the match against Watford, we haven't seen him in, what, three weeks? He couldn't even make the bench last night. He opted for Cedric on the bench ahead of Maitland-Niles, which isn't really saying a lot. And I think someone needs to tell Arteta, and this was evident last season, Putting men behind the ball does not equate to defensive stability. How many times last season in games, just occupying space? You know, as Eamon said earlier, it's it's, it's reminiscent of a, a training ground, just marking the dummies. And then when something does happen in, in real time, it's, oh, well, what should I have done there? Or maybe I should have done that. You know, it's not good enough. It's just, And as it was quite pointly, quite rightly pointed out, them substitutions were self-sacrifice. You know, that was self-sabotage. It was sacrilege. You know, taking if Kieran Tierney wasn't fit to play, which he was fit to play, why take him off? I think he thought because Everton got back into it, I put Tavares on. He's built like an Olympic sprinter, so he'll just go up and down, up and down, and we might just get a goal from across. Completely the opposite. That completely messed us up at the back. Party was a disgrace. You know, we heard him before the game. He sat down and gave an interview with Sky Sports during the week, and he rated his Arsenal career a four out of ten. Not for me. You know, that's not even just a two out of ten, if even that non-stop giving balls away I know there's an element of whenever we try and play it out from the back and Tierney goes forward and Jack fills in at left back he's getting exposed in the midfield but it's up to it's up to Arteta to rectify that you know not that defeat yesterday was not just on the players it was on him it was a disgrace it looked like we had come off the back of two or three Champions League games with how lethargic we played you know let's not forget here we've only got the one game a week there was absolutely no excuses for that last night talk about a depleted Everton team Two points out of 24, I think it was, going into the game they'd taken. And surprise, surprise, you know, Santa Claus Arsenal turn up and it's, you know, they get their first win. Total Christmas, bed. But just, just yeah. one final point, Jonathan, on, on what Dale is saying. If you're playing out from the back, right, you need a midfielder who gets turned. I keep you saying that. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Sambi Laconga gets turned. Ainsley Maitland-Niles always tries to get turned. Now, I can indulge Granite Jacket not getting turned because he gets 90 touches so he connects 
he connects it in other ways. But you need a guy who, you know, you can't have every time you receive the ball in the middle of the pitch, it goes back to the fullback or back to the... You need to get turned. That's the only way you break the press, you know? And how Lekonga hasn't played after his Newcastle performance... Now, look, we're not we're not inside the training ground. We don't know what Knox and Nichols... But, Jesus, he's playing Bukayo Saka with Knox and Nichols, you know? Yeah. Uh, because the guy got cropped against Newcastle. I'm worried about that kid. He's getting kicked so much, yeah. you know? Yeah, he's played the most, hasn't he? He's played ninety times since Arteta's ninety-one games, including yesterday, since he took over. You know, that's a hell of a lot of football for what's he twenty, twenty-one, nineteen, twenty. Yeah, you know, it's you know, God, he's not getting any protection from VAR or other referees. Yeah, Arsenal supporters should 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 um get an emergency fund together. And by a holiday or a retirement home from Mike Dean in Greenland. <laughs> yeah, he was definitely dropping his head, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. We get nothing from Mike Dean, absolutely oh. nothing. nothing. Um, I, I, don't, I, I, still, I still have flashbacks last night, lads, of how Ketty missed that chance. How, he did, how did he hit the you post? Know, in that? Even if he'd have scored from the rebound, they would have ruled yeah. out and hit his arm. Yeah. <laughs> 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 But in, fairness, in, fairness to the boy, in fairness to the boy, he got himself into a great position. Okay, he made a mess of the header. So, again, I, I, I was getting butchered in the club last night um, by people who were saying, well, Nketiah won't sign a new contract. What's he doing bringing him on? I actually thought Nketiah did well last night. You know? Um, well, yeah, you know, he's tried, but it's, you know, when you've got Pepe sitting on the bench, Pe- he's, I think he's done with Pepe. He's completely... I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, I heard something about that. Um, I don't know whether it was yourself, John, I was talking about it, that he's really tried to work on Pepe's first touch and it's like, you know... It's, it's like he's got Kimball and boots on. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think we've seen the end of... A, a pair of tinsel, he's got a pair of tinsel gloves on his feet. <laughs> 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 It's just so annoying what we paid, lads, £72 million pound for those shies, it seems. We'd be lucky to get even half that back by the, by the looks of it, but look, let's give him a chance, you know, let's give him to the end of the season, see how he gets on. Um, we January, Jonathan. Thank God. Um, <laughs> January, you know. I wonder will we spend, though, because let, we've spent, what, £240 million in the last three transfer windows, you know. It's a lot so, of money. I wonder will they plow more in? You know, or is they've it got a lot of wages, they've got a lot of, they've got a lot of wages off the books though? You know. Yeah, big time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, look, there's a lot of young, promising talent coming in, lads. You know, we've said that Smith Rowe, Saka. You know, there is there's a plan there for the future. It's just there's going to be bumps along the way. I suppose we just have to admit that, but not, we can't take too many hits, or we'll be out directing for. Europe next season. Um, well, we're going to win the Carabao Cup and get into Europe. Well, that's our saving grace now by the looks of us, lads. Uh, and all the sins that'll cover up. Look, I'll take a trophy. <laughs> yeah. um, who was your man of the match, John? Really? How <laughs> about John? Thanks very much. Really appreciate that. Um, I thought, I just said earlier on, I thought it was nice to see Tandy coming back. I thought he played really well. I thought he caused yeah, the problem. I thought he did, yeah. yeah. I was just, I was disappointed. The, the substitution looked pre-planned, but I was disappointed he made that substitution. Yeah. 
Uh, Eamon, who stood out for you? Uh, Jesus. That's a good one. <laughs> I, I have to be honest with you, and I know I'll get slaughtered for this. I actually thought Granite Jacket was really good in the first half until he got leggy. Um, because he was on his own in that middle of the pitch. The party yes. was hopeless. Yeah. I think probably Tierney, uh, well, well, and I think to be honest with you, to be fair, anything that we did create, Odegaard was usually not far away, man. You know, that's true. Yeah, yeah, he's imaginative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Dale, who's it out for you? Yeah, I'd give it to Odegaard. You know, I know Martinelli was as lively as ever, but you know, as Eamon said, that everything came through Odegaard. You know, whether it be him dragging us forward or whether it been him in the box. You know, there was instances where that chance that we alluded to earlier, where he took a touch, if he'd have hit that first time or even second time instead of waiting, you know, who knows? But for me, Odegaard. I think he'll develop into a player um, that 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 comes on late into the box and gets us goals. Yeah, midfield runner. Yeah, that's what we. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. and that's going to bode well with Smith Rowe because you know. How many goals last season? Oh God! How pullbacks? How, how we? How much we missed that kid last yeah. night? You know. Yeah, big time. Yeah, you, see, you can see when he's not playing, can't you? How influential he's become in such a short space of time, which says a lot for the, for the kid, you know. Uh, and thankfully, he signed um, uh, long term last summer, I think it was. Yeah. Um, we move on to Saturday's the preview for Saturday's game uh, at Southampton at home, three o'clock. Um, it's not on the box, so I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing that we catch the match of the day later that night. <laughs> uh, Southampton are on a poor run of form themselves. Um, very um, mixed season they're having, uh, especially since Ings left them. Um, that, that was a big blow to them. A big chunk of goals came for him for them last season. Um, I, 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 I'll be honest, I can, I can only see a victory here for us whether that be by one or two nil, but we have to win this game on Saturday. Have to there's as Eamon said earlier on there, it's a massive two games coming up Southampton and then West Ham next Wednesday night. Um Eamon, what do you what would you like to see from Saturday's game? Well, I'd like to see uh for sure if the River Bar is shown the game, that's the first thing. Um <laughs> I, I put up something on the thread today and Paul Brown came back to me and said, oh yeah, he lives across the road from me. Don't you worry about me, mate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. But um, I, I, I'm, I'm hoping the River Bar are shown because I actually want to see the game. I'm totally invested in in, in this project now, you know, and uh, <laughs> I've seen every game. But maybe, uh, maybe John, if you did nip in tomorrow on the sloy, it might be a bad thing. Yeah. And um, what I want to see from the game is I want to see, I want to see the crowd up for it. And I want to see the team feeding off the crowd and vice versa. And I want to see energy and I want to stop that passiveness. And I want us to go after Southampton. Um, Southampton are no mugs, by the way. Um, and they're a the high-pressing team. They have a lot of energy too. Um, they've lost, obviously, uh, a, couple of their, a, a, a couple of their guys. But, um, you know, we need, we need, we need, there's, they, they, they do leak goals, Southampton. And we need to, you need to feed into that. Uh, I think out of necessity, um, we win the game. Out, in the, out of sheer, like if if, if 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 there's anything in us at all, we win that game on Saturday because we have to. We have you to, yeah. yeah. We have to get back on track, as John said, yeah. And it's a three o'clock game, which is a rarity for us as well on a Saturday. Uh, John, what would you like to see? Oh, I totally agree with Eamon. Um, but I'd like to see some head rolls. I'd like to see Arteta point the bullet and drop Aubameyang, drop Lacazette. And drop party. I can see Shaka and Sandy maybe playing. Because no matter what happens with Shaka, he's always big. Um, 
So, well, John, uh, can I just, sorry, can I just say this, just something on that because it, it's, it's funny you should say that because I was talking to Jacko last night about this. Every manager he's played for puts him in the team every week. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's leadership qualities there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I think he plays best when he's not the main man in midfield. That's been, I think, you know, he's the support player in midfield. I think he's better, he's better that way. I, I, I'd honestly like to see Sambi and Jack give them a shot. Let's, let's see what happens. But I'd like to see him give Mark Lilly a shot, lead the line, and see how he works where Odegaard, maybe Smith Rowley's back, and hopefully Saka still has two working ankles on Saturday as well. But uh, you're right. We need to we need to have a go with them. We need to do we need to attack them the way we did Villa. We need to go with them the way we did Newcastle. Get into their heart and keep them there. Pin them back. And let's get some goals. Um, but the attitude, I'm sick of saying it. We have the attitude has to be right. Last night, stank the place out. So let's let's just get in there with the right attitude and put this team together. Yeah, we've had a good runner runner from our home. Um, um. Uh, We've been unbeaten at home since the uh, 2-0 defeat to Chelsea. So that was back in August. So we've, our home form is currently in this, this season, thank God. Um, Dale, what would your take be on Saturday? Yeah, well, maximum effort. You know, mi- minimum requirement is maximum effort, really. And what I do not want to see when we go out there is if we go a goal up to just sit back. and Because that Brogia will cause us problems at the back. Armando Brogia. You know, God forbid if... Ben White, or should I say, he's like the, he played like the seaside Mustafi the other day, or the Love Island Mustafi. If we have him and Gabriel performing the way they've done the last two or three games, he's going to cause them umpteen problems. I wouldn't mind seeing Maitland-Niles back in midfield, maybe go with three in midfield. Ja- you know, Xhaka, Maitland-Niles, Lukonga. That's if Smith-Rowe isn't available. Um, I, wouldn't be, I wouldn't go against that. Um, I'd agree with what John says. I'd like to see Martinelli start up front. Complete drop of Bamiyang and Lacazette. You know, it's it's about time that we send a message to both of them. Um, and we have to go for it. There's no, you know, God forbid if we do not get tomorrow, because that crowd is just going to turn toxic. Yeah, we've seen that actually. That Southampton was the last game for you and I, Emery, um, two, two. Yeah. two years ago. Uh, Arteta's second anniversary is coming up um, at the end of this month. Um, I, I can't see him being fired. Um, He's done to definitely see this season out, Henry. But um, yeah, Southampton's been a dodgy one. Over. I think we drew one all, didn't we? Walcott got to go last all. year. I was at that game. Two all. Yeah, all. that was when David Luiz. Remember, he fell asleep. No, uh, one all it was. Uh, one all game. That was last season. Sorry, Eamon. Oh, yeah. oh, actually, it was a two all draw. We went. It was one all last year. And Lacazette scored it was, in the. It's behind minutes. closed doors, so it'd be hard for you to be on a match that wasn't any uh, Emery's last one was a two-wall draw at Southampton and Lacazette yeah. scored in the 95th minute right. and there was barely a cheer in the house it was sad know? because I, did, like, I, I actually yeah. liked Emery I did like him I don't think he was given yeah. enough time I really don't, I don't no. think he was given enough time is he that the language barrier you know he, he wasn't back to like the, you know got like if Tess is churning out performances like that and picking teams yeah. Under Emery, we crucified him. You know, we put him to the sword for putting out teams like that with attitude. Uh, uh, but but Dale, it's more it's more than just a manager. At that time, 
we had gangsters running the club in terms of Sanyeli with his, you know, and yeah. the type well, of players was was wrong. Yeah. You know, the players we were buying was wrong. Then he had the language barrier. There were just too many factors working against him for him to be able to do his best, I think, you know. Yeah. And, um, you know, at the time he was sacked, I was disappointed, but it had to happen because we were in absolute free fall at the time. Oh, yeah, it was disarray. It was total, total. Yeah. No question about it, you know. Yeah, it was sad. Uh, they gave him the Eintracht Frankfurt game on the Thursday, and they'd already said after they sacked him on Black Friday, November 29, 2019, that they decided to get rid of him after the Southampton game. Yeah. Yet they gave him the, the Eintracht Frankfurt, yeah. more or less like a token gesture. Yeah. And that was another disgrace, that was, when Frankfurt scored and the fans in the Arsenal end cheering. I, I, I think the club has been run better. I think the club has been run a bit better now than it was then. Yeah. And certainly uh, looking at the age of the players we're signing. There seems to be a bit of a vision, you know, um, and and that's that that is one positive. But hey, look, you know, we've had two disastrous games. Before those two games, we were rosy enough. Let's get back to winning ways and see where that takes us, you know. Amen. Yeah. Um. So we're all let's let's be honest. No need for predictions here. We're all backing a, a victory on Saturday because it's a, it's a must-win game. Let's let's be honest. Do you remember Gascoigne? Uh, he said. I don't make predictions and I never will. <laughs> <laughs> that was only that was after a tank load of gargle. <laughs> um, we're going to go on to um, briefly a lone, our loan watch feature of um, the players out. I've, I've picked um, certain ones here. Um, Hector Bellerin, Lucas Torreira, William Saliba, um, sorry, Saliba, Reese Nelson and probably Matteo Guendouzi, we probably won't see returning, but oh, those lads, who would you like to see return, uh, or, or or if any, uh, beginning with um, Eamon, who would you like to see? Would you like to see any of them returning next season? Lucas Herrera doesn't suit English football. Uh, Matthew Guendouzi's a dickhead. Um, who else did you say? Uh, William Saliba will be an Arsenal player next year. I've no doubt about that. Hector um, Bellerin. Hector Bellerin won't be coming back, but I love him. Um, he, he, Hector's an Arsenal boy, yeah. uh, but it's just that um, I just think that his race is run there. He's not. Um, he's a different type of defender than I think that what we were looking for. He's not really. In fact, Hector's the right side of midfield player of the troop. You know, you know. Yeah, he is really. Uh, but but Hector, he's a, he's an Arsenal boy, um, but he won't be coming back. Reese Nelson, do you like? Uh, do you like? The, I always felt the problem with Reese Nelson was. Uh, his commitment and um, he always looked like a fella to me who was um, uh, half stone overweight uh, and that took the snap out of his legs um, underage he was rated higher than Jaden Sancho you know um, but I don't see that that, that 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 I don't see that snap bores the pace in his legs that he had when he was um, when, when he was younger and to me he's always looked out of condition I think if the loan at Feyenoord and he commented on how physical the training had been over there, got him into shape. I think he would be worth another cut, you know. Yeah. Um, John, who would you would you like to see anyone return out um long watch? Saliba is the obvious the obvious option. Um he seems to be playing well with Marseille. Um so definitely want to see him. I want to see him in an national jersey. I want to see what he can do. Uh good point on Reese Nelson. Fire and having a really good season, got challenging for the title for the first time in half a dozen years. So um, you're yeah, right about his attitude. So 
Um, he seems to be playing most weeks for Feyenoord, so uh, that's, I don't see him coming back, to be honest. But I wouldn't be, I wouldn't object to seeing what he can do next summer before we, uh, before the start of next season. I think Bellerin and Gravy, I, I love them, but I think he's raised his own with us. So uh, Saliba, I think definitely. I think he's the one that has to, has to go back. And Dale, would you like to see anyone back in particular with that low much? Yeah, without doubt, Saliba, whether or not he's going to get a chance remains to be seen. You know, is he one of them that Arteta, despite how well he's playing, he, he, you know, he's not going to give in, he's not going to bring him back, remains to be seen. Uh, Ganduzi, I've always liked him, but we all know Arteta is not going to keep anyone who's going to go against the grain. Yeah. He's not going to keep anyone that's going to question him or that's going to go against what he says or that's not going to do what he's told because that will just disrupt the entire... It'll just disrupt everything what's going on behind the scenes there, so... As much as I like Enduzi and his passion and his want to go, and you know, we've heard sound bites that he's, you know, him and Saliba have been part of the best defense in. I think Marseille have conceded the least amount of goals in Liga on, but I think, you know, regardless of what Ganduzi does there, that's the end of him. Bellerin, I do not want to see back at this football club. I think if there's one player that's epitomized how weak and spineless we've been over the last God knows how long, it's Hector Bellerin. You know, look at last season against Tottenham, was it two or three fell throws in the one game? <laughs> like I know people might say I've been too harsh on the guy here and you know there was, once upon a time when he did break into, he looked like one of the hottest prospects you know in terms of right backs in world football since that injury under Emery that he suffered against Chelsea what two three years back he's not looked the same but I do not want to see Hector Bellerin back in an Arsenal shirt he can oh, stay yeah. with Pellegrini and Betis I don't, I don't think Hector Bellerin wants to come back to Arsenal. I think he realises his race is run. But yeah. um, for your three foul throws, Dale, I referenced two 93rd minute equalisers against Chelsea, away from home, uh, one away from home and one at home. You know, uh, Hector, Hector was a good player. Uh, what, what, I, what I like about him actually is that as a, as a human being, he's, he's 100% decency. I hope he does well wherever he goes, but he won't be coming back, you know. No. Yeah, no, it's, it's say, you know, he wears the badge on, you know, he has the, the best interest of the club at heart, you know, there's no question about it, I just, I don't think, I, I personally, I prefer Tommy Asu, you know, and it's a shame because I remember, remember when he made his debut, uh, was a, a few years back when he came on against West Brom and then he started to feature heavily at right back, uh, yeah. the, it was the 13-14 season, it looked like we had a, a full back on our hands that was going to do us for 10, 15, you know, 10, 12 Absolutely. years. I mean, that, that was that was what drove Bakary Sanya not to sign a yeah. new contract, but, yeah. but say this to you. I was at the game he got injured in, right? That and that was a terrible injury. Yeah. And I was sitting. Yeah, up, wasn't it? I was I was sitting in the stand not far from where he went down, and I can tell you he let a yelp out that time. But what I say to you is that he was on fire at that stage. Yeah, so, he was up and down the wing. He was yeah, he was nonstop. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just you know I, I just don't think you know given that injury I don't think he's not conducive to what we're looking for now. Um, Torreira, yeah, I completely agree what you say, Eamon. Torreira. All we heard from Torreira, the sound bites coming from his party was he, he never liked England, constantly complaining about the weather, never bothered to learn the language, doesn't like the culture, the food. You know, I wouldn't want him back. He needs a greasy spoon there. Yeah, sadly, he'll only be remembered for that uh, the fourth goal against Tottenham, I think it was two or three years ago uh, at this stage. But um Look, some players just don't fit in, you know, whether that be culture or style of play or whatever. Um, but yeah, probably possibly none of them might return. Probably Saliba, probably be, being on his way, but I, I reckon we'll sell him on. Um, so that wraps up uh, the football, anyway, lads. Um, 
of course, you can catch all the games if you're in around Dublin City Centre in the River Bar. Um, I think Eamon was there last night, weren't you, for the Everton game? Oh, I was. I was mingling with our Everton brethren. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, we made a few friends last night. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 it was one of those ones. Um, yeah, don't ring me, mate. I'll ring you. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I think that they're off the Christmas card list for this year. Um, yeah, it's great to see them back. It's great to see us back in the club again, you know, after what, what's gone through in the last 18, 20 months. So it's nice to see it back. Um, is there anything else football related, let's say, in the news or anything you like mentions? Yeah, just one thing. Um, Bohemian Football Club is the coolest club on earth. As a, <laughs> as a retro mod and ska uh, aficionado, you need to check out next season's home short. It is the coolest thing I've ever fucking seen, boy. Is this you? Is this you? I haven't seen it. I must have to. I love the old crest, I'm not mad about it. Did you see the Valdeonic and Diamonds on it? It's fucking. That's what I'm not mad about, Evan. I love the crest. I love where he put the new. The old crest is back, but. I've just bought it, Johnny. Just before I came on air, I bought one, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's great to see. If I, I was just briefly, I saw I think a day or two ago, a good few Bohemians players have signed on for next season as well. So that's that's good news. Is Talbot staying? Is he? Is the keeper staying? Talbot. Well, I don't know, but they they sold out their season tickets and memberships in one day yesterday. Oh yeah, jeez, that's incredible, isn't it? Yeah. Um, Daly Mill Park is meant to be um. They're meant to be doing that up. Is that has any? Is there has been any um day given for when that regeneration? Really I, I think next season's the last season, isn't it? Is it? Yeah. That was scheduled. That was the schedule. Yeah, it was. I don't know if it's been put back because of COVID, but that was the schedule. Yeah. It's not to be Talker Park. Is this the ground here? For well, two seasons, well, Daly Mills will be rebuilt, and Bowes and Shelbourne will then move into the new Daly Mills Park. That's, uh, I'm looking forward to that. It's badly be great for the area as well. You know, it's in bad need of a. Uh, Bit of regeneration, I but oh, Jesus, Jonathan Fillsborough was voted in one of the ten hippest yeah, places yeah. in the world to live two years ago. <laughs> Jesus, uh, I don't know where you've been the last two years. Are you a Southsider, Jonathan? Are you? Um, I'm a Londoner, but yeah, yeah, well, come over to Fillsborough and enjoy the sights. It's a great area, there's a great place. <laughs> It's, uh, it's full of rainbow egalitarian, kind of, you know, as you go. Type of, you know? I don't have to wear my St. Pat's jersey the next home game. Yeah, well, okay. But if you keep this up, we'll have you in St. Pat's. <laughs> it's either dead or St. John's. <laughs> yeah. Right, on a positive note, uh, I'd like to thank John, Eamon and... Dale for their um, positivity and great, great, great views on all things football. Um, you can catch other episodes on SoundCloud.com and on Spotify. Uh, that be up in the next uh, half hour to hour or so. Um, I, ho- I hope you've enjoyed it. A busy one tonight, lads. Um, I think it's our longest one yet. Um, and we'll talk to you again next Tuesday evening. So t- thanks again and have a good week, lads. Thank you. Thank you.